Hello and welcome to episode 66 of Barefooting with Sierra. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral land of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Ojibwe, Nakota Sioux, and others for time immemorial. I also would like to acknowledge that this land is home to the Métis Nation of Alberta and that I am a settler on this land. My name is Sierra Larson Baker, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist. I use they, them pronouns, and I have been living without shoes since 2010. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. I break this podcast up into four parts, novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my creative professional life. And in each episode, I also interview a creative entrepreneur about their professional life. In this episode, I interviewed Juana White, the lead singer of the Austrian band Ardenite. Just a heads up, this episode will briefly discuss pregnancy loss. I'll let you know before that happens so you can skip ahead if you aren't in a mental space to listen to that, or if you want to skip this episode and find a different one. I also interviewed Ardenite last year, and you can find that interview in episode 27. Let's get started. First up, novels. Thank you to everyone who purchased my last book, Red 72 Revelation, so far, and extra special thanks to all of you who are leaving me reviews on Amazon. I have a few free download codes for the Audible version available for US and UK listeners, so if you email me or message me on social media, I'll hook you up. Just remember to rate and review when you finish listening. My New Year's resolution was to read one book from the Texas Band Books list each week. This week, I read Being the Change, Lessons and Strategies to Teach Social Comprehension by Sarah K. Ahmed. I'm not really sure how this ended up on the list of books banned from school libraries. It's not targeted at children. It's a book by a teacher for teachers. That being said, the strategies in this book are so important and more teachers need to use them. I only had one teacher who taught in this way, Mr. Loop, my grade 12 English teacher. Shout out to Mr. Loop. You're awesome. Everyone who ever had him as a teacher remembers him as one of the best teachers they ever had. Being the Change has lesson ideas for how to incorporate social comprehension into everyday classroom activities at every grade level. One of the lessons in there was something I wanted to do for myself. So I present to you my very own I Am From poem, modeled by George L. Lyons' poem, Where I'm From. I am from stuffed possums purchased from Amazon, from McDonald's Happy Meal toys and Beanie Babies. I am from walking barefoot and writing books. I am from Chief Mountain, the first one to spot it driving towards Cardston Winds. I am from canola fields, crabapple jelly, and choke cherry syrup. I am from sunrises on the St. John's River. I am from health in the navel and marrow in the bones and praise to the man who communed with Jehovah. Even after abandoning my childhood faith, I am from the lineage of my pioneer ancestors who walked barefoot across the plains and walked, and walked, and walked, and walked, and walked. Being the Change encourages where I'm from poems, not just as a lesson in poetry, but as an icebreaker in cultural norms. Everyone's identity and family history is unique to them and where their family comes from. By sharing your identity, it builds respect for each other and helps quell the idea of Anglo-European Protestant cultural dominance, which, now that I put it that way, is probably what got this book on the band list. In novel news... I want to share this letter to the editor Lynn Wood of Huntington Beach sent in to the LA Times. It reads, Michael Hiltzik's column about book banning crusades reminded me of when I, as a junior high student, took Ian Fleming's Dr. No to school as part of a student's choice reading assignment. I was sent to the principal's office by a teacher offended at the picture of a bikini-clad woman on the cover. The principal sent me home with the book and a note to my parents saying that such books were not appropriate in his school. 
My mother, who was as good a role model as any child could wish for, sent me back to school the next day with her note and the book, saying the school should be thankful that I was reading anything, and that ended the matter in favor of Dr. No. Somehow, even with such perverse influences, I've managed to make it through law school and read a lot of great books, including Smut, written by William Faulkner, James Joyce, and Vladimir Nabokov. My schools were always welcoming of anything kids wanted to read, including magazines, comics, manga, you name it. If it had words on a page, the schools encouraged students to keep reading it. Not every school is like this, though. One of my author friends got an email from a parent after their child did a book report on his book, and the school said the book wasn't appropriate for book reports. The school should have been glad that their student found something to relate to in a book. Be glad kids are reading anything. Speaking of reading anything, Penguin Random House is trying to buy Simon & Schuster for $2.2 billion. Penguin Random House is the number one publisher in the U.S., and Simon & Schuster is number four. If they merge, the publishing house will control nearly half the publishing industry in the United States. The U.S. government has sued to stop the acquisition, saying it would give Penguin Random House an unfair majority share of the market. Duh reduce how much authors are paid, and give consumers fewer books to choose from. Penguin Random House says it will benefit the industry by making it more competitive, as publishers will fight to sign contracts for the hottest authors and books, thereby benefiting the authors and consumers. The trial is scheduled to begin August 1st, with Stephen King, a Simon & Schuster author, being called as a witness. I think this merger is a terrible idea. It's already hard enough to get published. Having one less publishing house out there is not going to help authors. This is all about self-interest and money. Considering the U.S. government is suing to stop another major corporate merger between two health insurance companies at the moment, I think they actually will stop this merger, but I'll be watching this case for the outcome. Now on to comics. Content trigger warning. Um, this is where I'm going to be discussing pregnancy loss. So if this is something you aren't in the mind space, mental space to hear right now, go ahead and skip ahead. Just skip ahead about a minute and a half for that. Uh, that'll get you past the uh, all the talk about that. Just give a few seconds here for anybody who wants to skip. My latest comic, A Poppy is to Remember, was inspired by the conversation I had with my manager when I went back to work after taking three weeks off for a family vacation and then to help my husband to recover from surgery. I found out I was pregnant in June, which I shared with my manager because she needed to know that I was throwing up from pregnancy-related nausea, not illness-related nausea. She was very excited to hear this news. I had a miscarriage in March, and the physical recovery was even worse than the emotional recovery, which sucked. I ended up taking a month off work to recover both physically and emotionally. So my manager was really excited for me when I told her that I was pregnant again after having gone through that. My first day back from the vacation, she came to chat with me about how my husband was doing and how my pregnancy was going. Two days before our family vacation, I'd miscarried again, but I hadn't been back into work since then, so she didn't know. I told her I lost the baby. But it felt like such a strange thing to say because it wasn't lost. I knew exactly where it went. So I made a comic about it, which you can see on my comics Instagram, at World of Possums, and on my comics Facebook page, Possum Pete Comics. In comics news, The Sandman, based on DC comic series, comes out on Netflix August 5th. Netflix just dropped another teaser trailer, which isn't really that different from the first teaser trailer. Honestly, all they had to tell me to get me excited for the series is that Stephen Fry and Mark Hamill are in it. Crunchyroll Expo announcements are still coming in, with the Expo just being days away. I think my favorite announcement so far is the professional vegetable carver Okitsugu Kaido, who will be carving a baby Yoda out of a sweet potato at the show. 
Crunchyroll Expo takes place at the San Jose McHenry Convention Center, August 5th through 7th. All right, next up is journalism, which means it's time for my interview with Juana White, lead singer of the Austrian band Ardenek. So great to have you on, Juana, and, you know, be back talking about Ardenite again. Uh, you were the second most downloaded um, episode for my podcast last year. So, wow, people loved you. <laughs> um, the only Incredible. other the only other episode that had more downloads was my first episode. So, wow, I think, I think most people like they discovered the podcast and then they go back and listen to the, the first episode and so that's, uh, I think, why it, it has the most downloads still. It's like every week somebody's going and listening to that one again. But yeah, you your episode was number two. So great wow. to have you on again. You've got new music out, uh, changes for your band. So um, in case anybody hasn't listened to last year's episode, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about Ardenite and just what you've been up to in the last year. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks of all. Uh, first of all, Sierra, thanks so much for having us back again. It was our huge pleasure to to have the episode with you the first time. And I was so happy to get your second invitation. So thank you. And we are just impressed <laughs> that uh, the, the listeners loved our episode. So yes, for those of you who are listening for the first time, um, it's me, Wana White, the singer of Ardenite, a uh, cyber pop rock band from Vienna, Austria. Uh, last time, actually, we uh, I didn't introduce ourselves as a cyber pop rock band because we kind of reinvented ourselves in this year. I will tell you all about it, Sierra. Uh, a lot has been happening for us too. But yeah, we are, we are a cyber pop rock band from Vienna and we have big dreams we we try to go after them with everything we got now and we're more motivated than ever at the moment <laughs> great to hear so you know you you had a band member leave your band your drummer how did that kind of affect the band your creative flow and you know you said you transitioned to cyber pop rock yeah like how, <laughs> what was that process like yeah, absolutely. So uh, let, let me answer the first question with the band member, because that was actually a huge impact on us. Um, so maybe would it be okay uh, if I tell you about the whole year which led up to that thing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. So yeah, the, the last year was, it, it was difficult because uh, the people did not hear much from us, but a lot happened internally, right? So we, we actually released Frozen Heart in the beginning of the year when we had our episode uh, the first time. And that was it, actually. We just released one uh, single last year. Um, and then we kind of had uh, some internal struggles. And also each of us, you know, we were three at the time. Each of us had uh, was battling their own mental health uh, issues. And it was just so hard for the band uh, dealing with the second year of Corona, right? <laughs> so first year was already hard uh, because, you know, basically all our goals were canceled. You know, 
no shows at all, nothing kind of like in the horizon to look forward to. And for me, you know, uh, which, which I am also kind of like managing the band, it was so hard just to keep up the, the motivation of, of, of every, every member, you know, it was really hard. And the first year was kind of uh, okay, but the second was really, really harsh. And so, yeah, we had kind of like an identity crisis uh, in that year. And yeah, it affected all of us. And we lost a bandmate, as you, as you noticed, uh, we, we lost Vicky. And it was actually a very hard time also to lose her because uh, also personally, you know, she, she was a very good friend of both of us. And uh, basically, uh, you know, she had kind of like a um, priority change in her life. You know, like these two years of Corona made her think, okay, where am I going with the band? What else happened in, you know, in her life? And some things changed and we respect her decision, right? Because of course it's her, it's her choice, it's her decision. If she doesn't, um, you know, feel the, the joy and the passion to be in the band anymore, then we respect that. Um, but also, uh, I was scared, you know, I was scared about the band because it's kind of like my child and I was scared uh, what would happen to it. Uh, will it be all for nothing? And uh, what would happen with the two of us, you know, me and Sebo were left. And then Sebo said to me, uh, you know, like, I really believe in this. I really believe in this and I believe in our music and I don't want it to be for nothing. And I want to continue if you want to continue. And I was like, heck yeah, I want to continue. And I was so happy. And actually it's, uh, you know, looking back, it was one of the best things uh, which could have happened. So I would never have thought that in that moment because I was so sad uh, to see Vicky leave and it almost, you know, broke my heart. Uh, but then it was so good. I don't know, uh, because it just kind of like uh, enabled a new dynamic to, to work between me and Sebo. And uh, it's just kind of like, you know, he has an idea and I say, let's go for it. And I have an idea. And he said, yeah, great, let's do it. And it's just kind of like building up and uh, it's going so well, actually, at the moment. And we are both kind of like working full time job or studying, but the free time is filled with things for the band and we started doing the daily vlogs also <laughs> after that <laughs> tell me about the daily vlogs i haven't seen those i don't know anything about those but i would love to ah okay i'd, I'd love to tell you sierra thanks for asking so it was it started so it started again with a very um sad night for me filled with tears because i was feeling like my I'm letting my dream die. You know, that was how I felt. I felt like I always dreamed of having this band since I was a little girl, you know, maybe six years old. If you would ask me, what do you want to do with your life? I would say, be a singer in a band. <laughs> and yeah, so with Corona, as mentioned, I was doing less and less and, uh, you know, focusing on my job. And I was feeling like I was... Uh, letting my dreams die and what I wanted to avoid at all costs was actually laying on my deathbed one day and just thinking back like yeah I, I had a, a band a nice band with really great potential and then you know maybe my kid would ask me and then what happened or my grandchild and I would say 
I just let it die, you know. <laughs> I always get goosebumps when I when I think of that because I want to avoid that at all costs. And then, you know, I thought, okay, then it's actually just up to me. Like, why why don't I do something for the band each day, even if it's just sending an email or even if it's just a little scheduling for some meeting with the producer or anything. And then, um, you know, I, I always was afraid of public speaking. I, I, it's so so uh, weird actually, because I'm a singer and I love to sing in front of people, but talking is like totally different. I think, you know, you're such an amazing speaker and I, I don't know how you started, uh, but for me, it was so hard to start talking in front of a camera. And then I said, I'm going to challenge myself uh, to start doing uh, a daily vlog. I didn't know for how long. I said, let's just see how long I will do this for. And it basically was just to uh, force myself to do something for the band each day. And I had to do something for the band each day so I could talk about it. <laughs> and uh, the other motivation, so it was kind of like a personal challenge actually uh, to force myself to, to move on with, with the dream. And uh, the other motivation was, you know, I was thinking no matter how low we are at the moment, like we, we lost everything we built up uh, before Corona and we started almost from scratch. But then I thought, no, actually we're not starting from scratch. We are some, somewhere, I don't know, at maybe 10%. And there are others. There are others who are maybe not at 10%, who are maybe at 0% or maybe they don't even have some courage to start. And I was like, we want to help these people. We want to help these people who are not even as far as we are. So that's why we also uh, started doing the vlogs to just really document our journey. And, you know, just the opposite of um, keeping a secret what we are working on, just the opposite. We're, we're telling everything, actually. We're telling which tools we are using. We're telling uh, the strategy we are using for the release. We're, we're telling... You know, even uh, asking the people to be part of it. You know, I asked, should we use this sound or this sound in in the the song or something? And we we don't believe in competition in the music industry. You know, like it doesn't make sense. Like everybody has a lot of favorite bands. A lot. It it can be so many. And if I buy a T-shirt or a concert ticket for one band. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to buy another ticket for a lot of other bands. So there's so much love in our hearts for music. And um, that is why we said it doesn't make sense to, to keep it hidden. Uh, we want to share everything and we want to help somebody. And that is why we are doing the daily vlogs. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love that you brought up that, that people have more than one favorite band. Because like there's there's so many I listen to a wide variety of everything, as you probably saw on my my music bingo. There's like every genre on there, which you yeah. guys were on there. There's like folk music, there's country, there's screamo, there's there's everything <laughs> on there. I most people listen to a wide variety of stuff. And just like with with my books, like I take so much from other authors, but I've also you know, I, I give back and I teach seminars and 
it's not like it's a secret how to do this. It's, it's not yeah. like a, tr- a proprietary trade secret. Like if someone else also succeeds, it doesn't <laughs> take away from your success. People listen to more than one band. People read more than one book in their life. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Like when you, when you help others, you all you're, it's like you're helping the whole industry by getting more creative people out there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's you, right. this new single that you, you put out, I, it hit me right at that really, really bad week. And it's just <sighs> perfect for the mood I was in. What inspired <sighs> that song? Cause it's kind of dark and you know, perfect, <laughs> but yeah, dark. <laughs> Yeah, I was so happy to to hear that actually, Sierra, that uh, it it came to you at the right time. And actually, I have to say, I have some tears in my eyes because uh, I, I love this discussion we are having. It's so so um, filled with emotion, and I'm so happy we are doing this. <laughs> yeah. So about the song, uh, I wrote it in the beginning of the Corona. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't know, period. There, there were so many unanswered questions. And, you know, everybody was just kind of like em- emerging into chaos. You know, you, you just got bad news from every direction. And you just hear every day, like, you cannot do this. You cannot do this. You cannot travel. You cannot go out. You have to stay locked. And I, I was so, you know, really like sinking into a nice depression back then also you know like I I had so many questions nobody knew anything what will happen and I was like will I be able to see my my boyfriend will I be able to see my family sometime and I didn't see them for one whole year actually so many questions and then struggling with the with the band identity and with losing my my dream and my purpose and uh, then I actually also lost my job <laughs> I got uh, fired by by my company back then because uh, because of corona they didn't have sufficient funds and they started cutting people um, out and I was one of them <laughs> it was pretty pretty low uh, period of time yeah then I, I was thinking okay so it really sounds terrible everything that it's going on and actually the words and everything kind of like started flowing, you know, like I didn't have much trouble to write the lyrics for it. I just thought in this darkest hour, like, actually, I just want to hold the hand of somebody dear and just feel that I'm not alone here. It's kind of more peaceful that way to, to suffer together, <laughs> if I may say that. Yeah. And I'm so happy that you say it, uh, it reached your heart. And, you know, not many people listened to it. Actually, it's, it's one, um, we have the lowest numbers uh, for, for the single yet <laughs> uh, compared to our other releases. I think because the people have uh, many struggles right now and don't have so much, you know, capacity to listen to music. But those people who have listened, the few of them, they, they write such, uh, such uh, touching messages, you know, similar to, to what you told me, that it uh, hit them directly in the heart and that it made them think 
about what is truly important um, and just kind of like a wake up call. <laughs> and some people tell me that they get goosebumps when they listen to it or when they uh, see the videos for it. And I have to confess, I also get goosebumps every time I hear it. Well, it is beautifully written. And yeah, it does. It does kind of make suffering easier to know that someone else is also struggling, even if not exactly how you're struggling. It's, I don't know, it's like you're carrying the same load together and it's somehow easier to, to do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so what is next for our tonight? Do you have more emo songs coming out or? <laughs> <laughs> um, so th this was it with the emo songs. Um, for now, <laughs> I'm sure there's gonna be more emo songs in the in the future, but but for now uh, we're finished. So, Frozen Heart and End of the World were, I, I believe, the the saddest uh, for now. Uh, we got a lot uh, baking in the oven actually, because uh, as as mentioned, now we kind of like refound our purpose and our dynamic is just so good at the moment, even if we are even if we are just uh, the two of us right now, Sebo and I, but it's really good. And uh, we actually have three different meetings with producers and we're working in parallel with two different producers right now. So we really try to, you know, to put some um, velocity into it and we're working um, at the following single. So the, I can already tell you the next single is going to be called Backstabber. <laughs> So not not so emo, <laughs> more on the angry side. <laughs> um, and that's the next one. It's, and we want to release a lot of songs this year. So the next one is Backstabber. And then we're also working on an EP with the second producer. And then we plan to release really regularly this year. So, you know, uh, for the people watching maybe who have gotten interested, uh, Please keep your eyes and ears on us. Please subscribe on Spotify and uh, YouTube because that's, that's really a lot coming from us this year. Well, I am very excited. Backstabber, it, just the title of it, it's got me interested. So I'll definitely <laughs> be on the lookout for that. You know, best of luck to you. And I'm very excited to see what the future will bring. Thanks so much for having us, Sierra. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. You can find Ardenite on Spotify and YouTube, and you can follow them on Instagram, Ardenite Official. Ardenite is A-R-D-E-N-I-T-E, Ardenite Official on Instagram. All right, next up is Barefooting. Last but not least, my Barefoot Adventures this week have mostly been around my backyard, but Gish just started, so I'm sure I'll be doing all sorts of odd things in the next week. Gish is Misha Collins's charity and creativity scavenger hunt. The full name stands for greatest international scavenger hunt the world has ever seen. So far, I have made an election poster for Optimus Prime as Prime Minister of the UK and created a map of unlicensed so-called pregnancy crisis centers in the state of Utah, which is where I'm a registered voter. Make sure if you are a registered voter and uh, live abroad that you get your absentee stuff in because that's important. Anyway, the uh, unlicensed so-called pregnancy crisis centers in the state of Utah, they provide unregulated exams and counseling to pregnant people. This is actually an insidious international misinformation campaign that governments have been trying to crack down on. 
they prey on low-income pregnant people and market themselves as charitable organizations that provide free prenatal care when most of them are baby farms for adoption agencies. It's super creepy. And making a map of all of them in one state was one of the scavenger hunt items for Gish. So good on you, Misha, for getting that information out there. In barefoot news, this one's kind of sad. Well, really sad, actually. A barefoot pedestrian was struck and killed on the side of Highway 215 in Riverside, California at 2.30 a.m. this morning, August 1st. The driver stayed on scene and cooperated with authorities. The identity of the pedestrian has not been released. To all my barefooters and everyone, stay safe out there. Whenever possible, walk on a sidewalk where there isn't one, walk in the opposite direction of traffic. When walking at night, wear bright colored and reflective clothing. In happier news, the Kensington neighborhood of Philadelphia through the city's Parks and Recreation Department has a program called Play Streets. Play captains block off the roads from traffic and provide a safe, supervised place for neighborhood kids to come. They can play barefoot in the street in an area that's known for drug trafficking and crime. They make it a safe area, get everything nice and clean. I think it's a wonderful initiative. And instead of blading, oh, kids don't play outside anymore, complaining about kids being on screens all the time, the city actually did something about it. The city's providing jobs for the play captains, providing all the play equipment at no charge to the neighborhood, and they're helping improve the physical health and social development for these kids with this program. Edmonton has a similar program at the city parks during the summers where city employees bring out play equipment and crafts for kids. It's called the Green Shack Program. My kid loves these activities, and we're still in the process of checking out all of Edmonton's hundreds of city parks. We definitely will be taking advantage of this program while it runs through August 25th. Anyways, that's all for this episode. I'll be back in the next episode with Chancellor Jackson, author of 14 Days in Beijing. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. Thank you to Legion X for my intro and outro music. You can find me on Twitter at Sierra Barefoot, on Instagram at Sierra the Barefoot, and on TikTok at Sierra is Barefoot. All of my books are available on Amazon under my maiden name, Sierra Larson, and on my website, sierrathebarefootgirl.com. My Patreon is patreon.com slash possumpete. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.